Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Joseph Prince. Joseph is a leading voice in teaching the gospel of grace around the world. Through his television program, teaching resources, and best-selling books, he's impacting millions around the world with God's love, grace, and favor. You can watch Joseph Prince Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Joseph Prince will share how just like Jesus, you can do the impossible and walk above the storms of life. You have the strength and ability to do what God has called you to do. Let's dive into the message. I want to touch on the Lord at our Father's right hand and what that means to us today. In fact, we alluded to that towards the end of the sermon last week, and I want to continue that because during my trip, my recent trip, my working trip actually, the Lord spoke to me in between the sessions, and the Lord said to me, I want to emphasize this truth more than ever. I gave you this truth many years ago, and I want this restored to the body of Christ. And it's the truth of 1 John 4, 17. Let's look at 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us. Now, I like this because this is the accurate um, rendition of the Greek. Your old King James says, herein is our love, our, our love made perfect. Listen, friends, it's not about your, your love being made perfect. It is love has been perfected amongst us. All right? Love has been perfected among us. In other words, God loves us. You look at the context before that. God loves you. Amen? And now God's love for you is culminated in your life. Amen? It, it's come to its completion. God sent His Son to die for our sins. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. How do we understand that God loves us completely? How? Because the Bible says we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I know that the day of judgment, there'll be a day of judgment. We say, believers, don't go to judgment, Pastor Prince. There is something called the judgment seat of Christ. But I want you to know something, believers. You're not there to be judged. In fact, the word judgment seat of Christ, the word judgment doesn't appear in the Greek. It's called the Bema seat of Christ. If you all watched the Roman movies last time, Ben-Hur and all that, you know the place where the, the emperor gives the Stephanos, the crown to the winner? That place where the emperor stands to award is called Bema. Yes, Bema has been used also to execute and pass sentence, but the Bema seat of Christ is to give rewards. That, that's the primary uh, meaning of the Day of Judgment, but there's also a secondary application. There's a day that comes in every believer's life where you are being tested, where you are being tried. And don't think it's God all the time. The devil can try you. Men can try you. It's a day of you being scrutinized. The word judgment there is being scrutinized, being checked. It's a day of crisis. Amen. In fact, the word for, one of the words for judgment is crisis, where you get crisis. It's a day of crisis. This is how you can have boldness in the day of crisis. 
This is how you can have boldness in the day of adversity. Amen. Because as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I know it doesn't translate well in other languages, but this in English is the most powerful nine monosyllables. As he is, so are we in this world. If it said as he was, it would be great enough. As he was when he was here, cleansing the leper and stopping deaf ears, opening the eyes of the blind, raising the dead. If he said as he was, it's good enough. But no, the Bible says the Christ that bore our sins, bore our diseases in his own body on that tree, rose without them. I said he rose without them. Amen. And the Father set him at the right hand. The Father says, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Hallelujah. That means what? As every day pass, one more enemy under his feet. As each day pass, another enemy under his feet. All the enemies have been defeated at the cross, but they are all being gradually brought under Jesus' feet. He says, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And the last enemy is physical death. Physical death has been conquered at the cross, but the last enemy is called physical death. It will be put under his feet, and that will happen in the rapture. We have a brand new body. Can I have a good amen? So every day you can look forward to one more enemy under his feet. One more enemy under his feet. Things are getting better and better for the church. When I say church, I don't mean building, okay? I mean all of you. Praise the Lord. Now, not only Christ sat down, don't forget, He sat down as us. Hebrews 9 says, He is now in the presence of God for us. In Greek, Hooper, on behalf of us. He is there on behalf of us. Amen. So we are seated with Him. How about this? Have the same attitude that He has right now at the Father's right hand. Have the same throne attitude. You know what's the attitude? Sit on my right hand until I make. The Father told him, right, sit on my right hand, rest until I, the Father, make your enemies your footstool. And you are in him. How about this? You still have those symptoms in your body. You still have those challenges besetting you. You still have those adversity, all right, screaming in your face. But the Father says to you, sit. Sit until I make all these enemies your footstool. Have the same attitude. I call it a throne attitude. The throne life attitude. Amen. As he is, so are we in this world. So I, I used to take this and, you know, I would say, I'd preach. As he is righteous, so we are righteous in this world. As he is under God's unclouded favor, so are we in this world. As he's far beyond Satan, he's out of reach from Satan, so are we in this world. He can be prowling around, but a thousand can fall at our sight, ten thousand at our right hand, he will not come near us. That must be our attitude. As he is, so are we in this world. Can I have a good Amen. And then the Lord whispered to me one day many years ago and said, son, push it. Who, who says it's just your position with me? It does not qualify the statement. As he is in his health, so are you in this world. Because the Lord says you're sharing his life. Life is where health, health is actually life. Take away the life, there's no health. Your body is just an empty corpse. So I began to preach that. 
And the one lady, the famous lady, this lady is such a blessing, her testimony has gone around the world. And it just takes one. And unbeknownst to me, that week she would go for a mammogram and the doctors were concerned with what they found. They found a growth in her breasts. And then she took her report because she just heard a message. I've been preaching as Jesus is in his health. So are we in this world. Even if you have symptoms in your body, start confessing that. Amen? Tell the Lord, do you have this disease in your body? I said that in that sermon. And she said, she wrote a report. Jesus, do you have lumps in your breast? She showed me the report. She came back and showed me the report. The next scan she went to, they found nothing. All right? So from that report has come so many reports that I do not know which one to read. You saw one just now. Uh, the one from China. This couple has been following my teaching. And she says that, uh, you know, she, they, were, they were diagnosed with this uh, condition that I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. They affect their, their conception chances or the quality of the baby. But look at what they did. They confessed as Jesus is. And Jesus doesn't have this condition. So are we in this world? And the Lord said to me recently, son, I want to emphasize this in the area of healing. More of my people need to hear this. I said, more, more of my people need to hear this. 1 John 4, 17, in light of our healing. You can watch more messages like this on Corco Plus. Miracle Channel streaming service. Corco Plus has thousands of ministry programs in the Christian Living section. Every Friday, we take your favorite speakers and curate messages into a topic-based playlist called The Weekly Fix. This week, the topic is on a mission. You'll hear other great messages by Joseph Prince and watch episodes from The Leon Show, Creflo Dollar, and Joel Osteen, all diving deep into what the Bible says about your mission as a believer. Go to corco.com to sign up for your free account in three simple steps. That's C-O-R-C-O.com. The majority of Corco Plus content is available to Canadian residents only. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus was on a mountain. Immediately made his disciples get into the boat. Now this was right after the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. He fed more than probably 10,000 people, but 5,000 men were mentioned, plus women and children, probably 10 to 15,000 or even 20,000. And now he went up the mountain, which I believe is Mount Arbel if you go to uh, Israel. In fact, there is a, an elderly gentleman there who has been guiding for many, many years. He told me this. I'll give you credit for this, he told me. All right, Mount Arbel. I first heard you mention Mount Arbel as a candidate, and I think it is. Okay, so i tell you why. And because... Uh, Jesus went up the mountain, and the, mountain, the highest mountain in the, among the lake of Galilee in Israel is Mount Arabel. And look at this picture of Mount Arabel. Our pastors were there with me, standing over Mount Arabel. I know many of you have been there, but what happened is that if you turn to the right, we are climbing down. It's a very high mountain, the highest uh, in this region, and still looking at the sea. Okay, next. Now looking towards the sea, okay, from the edge of Mount Arabel. Now look closer. We have, can you see, there's a, we didn't plan for this, but there's a boat in the center of the lake. Can you see that? Can you see that? Right? Those who can see it are pure in heart. Can you see it? <laughs> can you see it? Okay, to help you feel less backslidden, we'll, we'll circle it for you there. Okay, now you see it. Oh, no, we, we didn't plan for this. We didn't ask someone to go down there. 
But that's the perspective that Jesus looked down when he saw the disciples rowing. Let's go back to this passage of Scripture. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. He sent the crowd away, the one that he just fed with 12 baskets full left over. He sent the crowd away. He went up Mount Arbel, and then he sent the disciples the way that you saw our pastors go down, probably that way down to the, to the lake, to take the boat to Bethsaida, all right? While he sent the multitude away. And when Jesus had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, this is a beautiful picture of Jesus. There's no, there's no um, what do you call that, insignificant detail in the Bible. He went up the mountain to pray. Where is he today? He's making intercession for us at the Father's right hand. He's active. He's at the Father's right hand. Where are, where, 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 where's the church today? Here. We are down here. But we are the body of Christ, but we are down here. Amen? Down here is where you are subject to the winds of adversity. Here's where you are faced with, with the troubles of life and, and even the Bible calls it every wind of doctrine that slaps you around. And the Bible says, let's go on. He, he was praying up there on the mountain, a picture of Jesus being exalted at the Father's right hand. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. All right? And he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing. I wish I can expound the word straining. It's the word for stress, the word for painful, the word for straining. What are you straining at? Straining to get your healing, straining to uh, put bread on the table for your family. What are you straining? What are you straining to uh, overcome a habit, an unclean uh, uh, habit or addiction? I want to tell you something, okay? Jesus saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Do you feel like you're going through something and the wind is against you? It makes your straining even worse. Now about the fourth watch of the night. Now, fourth watch of the night is the darkest time of the night. You see, back in those days, they divide their nights into four. Okay, four quarters. Okay? Now watch this. From 6 p.m., facing you all, okay? 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., is the first quarter, okay? From 9 p.m. to 12 p.m., second, second watch. From 12 to 3 is the third watch. From 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., only soccer players, uh, soccer fans are up. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the darkest part of the night. It's called the fourth watch. And guess what? In the darkest hour, Jesus comes to them. I told you no insignificant details in the Bible. Okay? So he came, now about a fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. So Jesus saw them straining. I want to tell you something. You saw the mountain just now? Obviously, somewhere there, Jesus looked down and Jesus saw the boat. But we saw it in the daytime. Jesus looked down and saw them in the darkest hour. I want you to know something. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're stressed about, what concerns your heart, what is the burden on your shoulders. He knows what you're faced with. He knows the wind is contrary to you. He knows you're going through a trial. He is watching. He's not just up there cut off from us. Obviously, it's not a natural watching. It's a supernatural watching because it was the darkest time. Even some of you can't even find the boat just now in broad daylight. 
He sees and he knows. And he's praying for you. He's praying for you. You know his prayer is always heard? He's praying for you. He's praying for your situation. I don't know, I, I, I don't care about this scriptural, um, you know, application or not, but I, sometimes you're in trouble. You just pray a prayer that is not so scriptural sometimes. I just say, Lord Jesus, I cannot pray anymore. I depend on your prayers. There are times I have done that. Joseph Prince have done that. And something else happened. The whole thing turned around. I can't explain it. I believe he's praying for me. I believe he's praying for me. Are you listening, people? He's watching. His lips, praying lips. Amen? And watch this. How do you make it practical? I know he's up there in heaven, pastor. He's so far away, pastor. Pastor, I wish I can touch him, pastor. No, friend, he's not so far away. Because the very next part of the story, and for this part, we go to the next uh, gospel. Same account, same incident. Matthew's gospel. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So the sea was troubling them. They were afraid of what? Being drowned. What are you afraid of? This disease will overpower you? Take away your life? Well, he's going to walk on it. Jesus is going to walk on the very thing that is about to drown you. He's going to walk on it. The Lord on high is far above all the waters that trouble you. Amen. So he was walking on the sea and the sea became pavement at his feet. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And we know in the original, Ego I me. It means I am. I am. That's how God introduced himself as the God of the burning bush. I am. Don't be afraid. I am. Be of good cheer. I am. And then, go on. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Whoa. All right. So Jesus says, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So obviously, all the while, he's, they're all looking at Jesus. And Peter's eyes was on Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to the water. And Jesus says, come. And his eye was on Jesus. He started walking to go to Jesus. Obviously, his eye is on Jesus. Now, I'm showing you how to make good the fact that Jesus was on the mountain, next thing you know, he's by their side. The Holy Spirit is teaching us how to make good in our life the reality of 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Can Peter make himself jump on the water to sustain himself? Can Peter walk on the water? Is there any scientist, anyone who can say, yeah, I know how to walk on the water? No, it's beyond man. But as long as his eye was on Jesus, he became what? Supernatural. As long as his eye was on Jesus, he became as he is. Above the storm, above the waves. But then the Bible says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, the wind was boisterous, very loud, he saw, he looked at the wind. He took his eyes off Jesus, looked at the winds and looked at the storm. He took his eye off Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What has the str strong winds howling and the high waves got to do with you walking on the water? Do you mean to tell me that you can walk on the water when it's perfectly peaceful? You see how illogical our fears are? He looked at all this and he began to sink. He was afraid and began to sing. He cried out saying, Lord, save me! And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand. Now, can I ask you a question? Jesus was probably some ways away. Right? 
But the moment he took his eye off Jesus, he don't even know he was coming towards him. When you take your eyes off Jesus, all right, he never takes his eyes off you. And when you fail in your faith, does he leave you alone? Too bad. Blah, 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 blah. Matthew, you're next. No, he doesn't do that. All right, this is not, this is not training, you know. Well, we'll be soldiers in the lost army. Well, this is an amazing commander. He was there. Immediately, he grabbed him and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let me know something. Jesus on the mountain is priesthood. Jesus on the sea is providence. Jesus in the boat is presence. And one day, the church will have him physically back with us. On the mountain, his praying lips. On the sea, his saving hands. Amen. And one day he'll step back on earth, right into the boat. When he got into the boat, the wind ceased. No movie can replicate that. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Pastor Prince, I got something to say. I'm a theologian, Pastor Prince. And um, you talk about oneness with Jesus, but don't you think that's referring to our spirit and our soul, our inner man, not our physical body? Well, amazing, those people got healed by accident. Not based on a theological understanding, they got healed. Let me just submit that to you. you, you since you're a theologian, you take the scripture as your number one authority, right? So do I. Watch this. How do you explain this? Ephesians 5. We are members of his body. As he is, so are we in this world, right? But Pastor Prince, uh, it's not referring to his body, it's referring to his position. What about this? We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Can the Holy Spirit make it any more clearer? Even his body right now, is there any disease in his body? Is there, is there any degeneration in his body? Is there any aging happening right now in Jesus' body? At the Father's right hand, so are you in this world. We are members of His body, of His flesh. It's almost like the Holy Spirit anticipates there'll be arguments in, along these lines. We are members not just of the mystical, you know, but the corporeal body of Christ all over the world, but we are members of His body, of His flesh, of His very flesh, and of His bones. So as He is, so are we in this world. The way we see Jesus is not like go, up, go outside, look at the heaven and try to see. No. It is seeing him in the preaching of the word, seeing him in the Bible, in the scriptures, seeing him in your study. Whatever, when you see him, you become like him. It might take some time, but you end up like him. Okay? Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Joseph Prince. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.